Welcome to this week's episode of the Compass Equip Podcast. We're so grateful that you have joined us. I am flying solo today. I am Hayden, one of your hosts here at the Compass Equip Podcast. At Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything that we do here at Compass is to fulfill the mission of reaching, teaching, and training. We're grateful for you guys. We're thankful that you are listening in, and we are right now going to look at this last week's sermon and baptism service, and we're going to answer some questions that you guys had and go over a little bit more commentary on some things that maybe I wish I could have taken some more time on articulating to you guys throughout the service in the brief time that I was able to preach. And so, this last week's sermon was entitled Blessed Assurance, because it is God's will for you to have assurance in your faith, that you would have confidence that if you are a child of God, you know that you know that you know that you're a child of God. It's not God's desire that you question your faith or that you wonder if you're a Christian. Uh, it's God's desire that even as you do that, that you would either be led to one or two places, a great confidence and assurance of your faith, or uh, come to the conclusion that perhaps you are not of the faith after all. And so I hope that this sermon gave you some clarity in that, and I pray that maybe we can do a little more of that clarification here in this podcast. This uh, sermon came out in three points, the first point being that you should be placing your trust in the person and work of Christ for assurance. So that means this, that I'm not placing my trust in a prayer that I prayed, words that I heard. I'm not uh, putting my trust and my faith in a pastor that led me in a prayer, an altar call, an experience that I had years ago. Uh, those things may be a, a conduit, or those things may be a timestamp in your mind that led you to placing your trust in the person and work of Christ, but you have to be able to distinguish the two. Like, you could have, it is possible, that when you someone led you in a prayer, and they, you prayed the prayer of turning from your sins and placing your trust in Christ, that you did in that moment place your trust in the person and work of Christ. But the distinguishing factor is not saying that what prayed, what saved me, the prayer I prayed, the altar call, those things don't save you at all. What saves you is placing your trust in the person and work of Christ. And so if we can appeal to anything, uh, whether it's baptism or an altar call or a prayer, prayer that I prayed as my justification, then we have missed the gospel. My justification is in this, that my trust is in the person and work of Christ for the salvation of my soul and my future redemption of my body for eternity. And so that is so important for us to understand, and I hope helps you distinguish uh, your conversion either as a genuine conversion, because when you were praying that prayer, you weren't depending on that prayer to be the means of your salvation, but you uh, were, were praying that prayer as a, as a means for you, at least in time and space, to say, I am praying to, as I surrender my life to Christ because I am trusting in the person of work and the work of Christ that he is God. He died for my sin. He was resurrected. He was my perfect substitute, and his resurrection is proof that life, eternal life, is found in him alone. And if I trust in him, who, who bore the wrath of God, who took my place on the cross, I then would have my sin substituted for his righteousness in the presence of God. That's what it means to place your trust in the person and work of Christ. And is it possible that those things happen in a prayer? Absolutely. We all would pray and reach out to God when we turn from our sins and place our trust in him. Is it possible that that happened in an altar call? Absolutely it is. But we have to make sure that we are appealing not to a situation, not to a prayer, 
but to the person and work of Jesus Christ for the salvation of our souls. The second point that I hope gave you a great confidence is the point that is this. You want assurance, you need to have the God-given capacity and the desire to follow Christ faithfully. As a pastor, I don't have a great desire to give assurance to people who have no desire or appetite for God. If I don't have a desire and an appetite for God, it is great evidence that I do not have the Holy Spirit in me. Because the Holy Spirit in me is going to give me a great desire and appetite for the Word of God, for communion with God in prayer, for communing with the, with the fellowship of believers, with the saints. And a God-given capacity and desire to follow Christ faithfully is going to be a part of someone who has genuine salvation. And 1 John 2 tells us that in verse 3. By this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. All faithful Christians, all genuine Christians, I will say, are going to have this propensity and desire, this God-given desire and capacity to keep the commandments of, of God in Christ. doesn't mean you're never going to fail them. It just means that you have a desire to be walking in those and a capacity to fill those imperfectly but consistently. And that's something that a non-Christian, a non-believer doesn't have because they're always going to be tripping over the commandments of Christ because the commandments of Christ, the law of God, is a mirror that shows us our separation from God. But it's also us as Christians looking at the law of God and saying, this is God's will for our life. Holy Spirit, lead me as I walk in your ways, as I desire to follow you faithfully. And then finally, thirdly, the point of assurance comes from persevering in the faith, this is a wonderful truth in Christian history that we come to understand, is that genuine Christians are going to persevere in their faith. They're not going to walk away. They're not going to fall away. Uh, they're not going to abandon Christ. They're not going to reject Christ. They're not going to deny uh, Christ as the only means to salvation. Uh, genuine Christians are going to persevere through the power of the Holy Spirit First John 2.19 tells us the opposite about those who do not persevere. These people who didn't persevere, they went out from us, but they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are all not of us. Persevering in the faith is, is important because it does give genuine assurance to the Christian who's gone through such difficult times, such hardships in their life, such deep, desperate moments in their life is we see, how do I know that God loves me? How do I know that I'm still a child of God? Because you're persevering and the Father has kept you in the love of Christ and you would never be plucked out of the hand of the Father and the Holy Spirit has undergirded you uh, and, and kept you in the love of the Father. And for those who, who reject that and or, or they say that they're saved and they reject this idea and they run away and they deconstruct their faith, etc., you have to ask, you were never kept in the love of God. And if you're not kept in the love of God, then there's truth in Scripture is that you were never of us, that you were never a part of the family of God. And this truth comes at great uh, emotional costs maybe in your life to recognize that there are people who you know that you have tagged as Christians who have walked away from the faith that you've just, in your mind, uh, said, hey, I, I want to believe they're saved, so they're saved. But the texts like 1 John 2.19 tell us they went out that it may become plain that they are all not of us, which is such a grace and mercy of God that he would, uh, in, in a sense, weed out those who are not genuinely saved because it does 
lessen the confusion in the church. We have all these people living contrary to God's word, but yet they call themselves Christians. And if they all stayed in the church, it would be really confusing to know who is and what is a Christian. And when people are leaving, because it's plain that everyone sees these people who want to um, deconstruct from the faith or leave the faith or walk away from God as they leave, it actually does a really great benefit to the Christian church is it shows people through the perseverance of, in the faith that who is a Christian. It became plain that these people were not of us because they left, and it helps give assurance to those who are truly saved, and it helps give confidence to the church that those who are persevering, are, that's a fruit of assurance of their genuine salvation, which is something I want you to grapple with and hold on to because we want genuine Christians to have assurance and confidence in their salvation. And we want people who have false professions of faith or those who are not Christians. We don't want them to have assurance. We want them to have uh, concern and fear for their eternity, which I pray would lead them to a place of trusting in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Uh, There were a couple of questions that came in uh, this week on the uh, sermon Q&A, and there is always, like I want to remind you guys, a QR code down on your note sheet where if you will scan that QR code and give out your and fill out your question, we will do our best to answer it here in our podcast if you submit it early enough. We do this podcast pretty quickly after the Sunday service, so if you ever have any questions, spend some time quickly to go in and ask your question, and we would love to answer those questions for you. One of the questions that we received today is, what causes doubts of salvation in the Christian's life? I think that is an absolute wonderful question. And I think it's a multifaceted question. I think there's a lot of things that can cause doubt in the Christian's life. I know for sure uh, that we always have Satan, who's the accuser of the brethren, who even stand before God trying to accuse us and try uh, to somehow mitigate or, or try to get in between our relationship with God. And so it's very clear that not only is our flesh, because our flesh, as Psalm 73, 26 says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I mean, your flesh is is going gonna, is gonna to try to condemn you. And First John talks about that. You know, if your heart condemns you, you need to be trusting in Christ. If you have these concerns about your faith, there should be an assurance that you have through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so it's it's clear in multiple ways. Satan's going to accuse you. Uh, your flesh is going to cause you to question your salvation. Uh, others, you know, others, in, 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 in some ways, it's good when other people ask, hey, are you saved? And I think that's a helpful thing. Uh, but there are also going to be those people who are just angry and those who want to cause dissension in the church or, or in your life to cause you to doubt your salvation. Uh, and so there's so many of those things. The weak-hearted, the weak heart of, of all of us are going to bring doubt into our lives. The, uh, Satan uh, is going to bring those doubts in our hearts, uh, and, and others may bring us to doubt our salvation. And that's why I think these points are going to be really, really helpful, is because I think there are really godly people who have called out uh, and caused people to doubt their salvation. It was a good thing because those people happen to not be saved. Uh, but I think to cause people to doubt their salvation who have no, who have little reason to doubt their salvation would be a disservice to the Christian. And so uh, in that, I think those are three things that cause doubts in the, in the salvation in the Christian's life. And that's why I think you go back to these three points. You, you, assurance of saying, I place my trust in the person and work of Christ, not in a prayer that I prayed, 
uh, not that I've been good enough, not that I got baptized and that did it for me, that the only thing that saves me is the person and work of Christ. And then, then in my life, I've seen this God-given capacity and desire to follow Christ faithfully. And I fail, but the failure is not the consistent nature of my life uh, faithfulness is. And that's a helpful that's a helpful assurance for the Christian. And then thirdly, it's like, are you persevering in the faith? Are you continually following Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit that he preserves you and he upholds you? If those things are true for you, uh, you need to recognize that there's other reasons and other things outside of you that are going to often at times, I hope not often, but at times cause you to doubt your salvation. And you just need to go back to scripture, go back to first John and ask yourself those questions and I hope that you would be assured in your faith. Another question that came in had a bit to do with this idea of assurance. And, you know, if, for instance, the, the verse in uh, Matthew 5 that talks about salt has lost its saltiness, then it has no use, no good just to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Uh, and and kind of that connecting with this idea of, well, if I'm saved, I'm always saved. If I'm a salt, I can't lose my saltiness. I'm either salty or I'm not. Uh, and what, how does that relate to me having assurance of my faith? Well, that is the exact point that Jesus is bringing in that text, uh, that salt cannot lose its saltiness. It's actually not possible for salt to lose its saltiness. But if you remember in that sermon that I preached a couple of months ago, there was, even in the Dead Sea, there, there wasn't this pure, uh, there wasn't just pure salt when they would dig it up out of the, out of the Dead Sea region. Uh, there would be other minerals mixed in that. And it was possible through dilution and through water flowing through all of those minerals that uh, the salt would dissolve and run out. And there would still be all of these minerals left over. And when they would taste it, they wouldn't taste salt. Well, the reality was that salt's not there. It was a whole bunch of other minerals. Uh, And so when they say that salt had lost its saltiness, they're saying this, that that is not salt. Salt, salt. Minerals are minerals that aren't salt, and if it is salt, it's going to taste like salt. And so the confidence there is, if you are the salt of the earth, you are the salt of the earth, you are what you are, and if you say that you're salt and you're just a pile of useless minerals, you've got to make that distinction. Because to be honest, uh, as we've looked at these assurances, uh, the fruit of your life is going to distinguish in so many ways whether you're salt or whether you're not. And so I hope that is helpful, and to recognize that at the end of the day, you are uh, salt because you've been brought to Christ because of the person and work of Christ, and that he has sustained you and upheld you and empowered you to walk in his ways. Those are the questions from this week's uh, sermon Q&A portion. I hope those were helpful for you guys, and I look forward to answering more of those questions as, uh, as we go in week by week. We have a few announcements that we just want to remind you guys of. We have student revival coming up this week, so be praying. If you have a student that hasn't registered, registration still open for the next few days. That is Thursday through Sunday, Ju- July 27th through 30th. Be praying for your students as they hear about the kingdom of heaven. Our last summer camp- kids camp is coming up as well. The deadline for signups for that is July 30th. And so I encourage you, if you have any questions about that, you can go online at compasshillcountry.org slash kids for more information about our science camp. We have a couple other events coming up that are kind of tied to each other. We have our back to school bash coming up soon, August the 20th. Are you kidding me? It's almost time to go back to school. And so we are on August 20th having our back to school bash, which is our big yearly celebration right before school, right before school starts. And the reason we have this 
is so we can invite people to church and share the gospel with them, that they would come to know Jesus Christ. We know that this time of year coming up is a time when everyone tries to get back into normal scheduling and normal patterns in their life, and many families, as they're new to the community or haven't been plugged into church, are looking for a church this time of year. So we want to capitalize on this great opportunity to have a back-to-school bash to invite people to church and to talk to them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So to pair with that, we have scheduled a church-wide outreach on Saturday, August the 5th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., where we're going to go to different uh, neighborhoods in our community and go door to door and then go to the park and invite people to come to our back to school bash. We want to invite you to be there. We have lunch afterwards for you to participate in as we share what God has done through our churchwide outreach. We also have our next baptism service coming up on August the 27th. That baptism is almost full. As a matter of fact, I think it is full, but I just don't want to discourage anyone from registering because what we'll do is either we'll, uh, have a couple more signups open for August 27th so we can baptize more people. Uh, and we'll also add another baptism service in September. We will have a bi- baptism service every single month if God continues saving the people uh, that come that are coming here and listening to the gospel. And so we want to encourage you guys uh, to sign up for the baptism on August 27th or the one coming up in September. All right, Compass, I hope that this podcast has been an encouragement to you. It has edified you in so many ways. I look forward to seeing you guys next week.